0: Welcome to Critical Consideration, your seasonal source for all things awards. I am Vaughn. With me is my good friend and fellow critic Calvin. Calvin, it's been a while. How are you doing? Um, good
1: friend and fellow critic Calvin. I I, 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 <laughs> uh, I feel relieved in a lot of ways. Um, I think I build up I would agree with that. more stress than I possibly need to about seeing all these movies and uh, right <laughs> and like engaging in discourses that don't really mean anything. Um, yeah, I think I get like really drawn into, like, a web of, like, a, the award season, just a, a chatter on the Twitters, um, the Twitterverse, uh, I I don't know if it's healthy for me, but,
0: uh... <laughs> yeah, that uh, can be quite a pull at the old quote-unquote discourse, it's, it's hard to avoid, but it's also not too great for you at the same time.
1: And I feel like I made, like, an ironic platform of me being, like, interested in discourses this year, which was really unhealthy, <laughs> and, uh... I mean, not honest. I mean, it's disingenuous, right? But it's also like a, yeah. a very funny because the discourses are so um, forced in some ways. It's like people. Oh, definitely. It's I'm kind of doing what everyone is doing on Twitter, which is just like I'm hungry for a discourse. Let me just like a- examine <laughs> something that that doesn't need right. it, and like it's a unnatural thing. Like uh, a lot of just trying to make fetch happen in some ways. We're just trying to really uh, get get something moving <laughs> on the Twitter, right? I would say that it's always it's
0: it's always a bit of a game you got to try and get ahead of it and but it's too much work but i agree it being my uh my first year doing the uh being in the 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 society and doing the award stuff i was definitely it took me by surprise just how exhausting it ended up being trying to get through everything and getting everything ready for it it's a lot of work i don't yeah i mean i don't
1: I don't want to say I'll never do, like, board positions, but, like, getting, like, deeper into the weeds on this process, I, I already put so much in. Um I think, right. like, you and I saw more than, like, a lot of the membership. I don't want to, like, down anyone, but I think we put a lot of high effort into the whole process. Uh, this show is a, a large amount of effort. Um, I think that's really reflecting well on, like, our process and what we've done, but also it's a... Yeah it's it's quite a task but on the other other end people send us all this stuff to watch right like uh, right (laughs) yeah i have some idea that i should watch you know 50 60 percent of it at least And, and i try to do that
0: yeah i mean i think just for me it's really just wanting to have a the most comprehensive idea of what i'm going to vote for and it's like sure i could you know just watch the the most notable things or the stuff that has buzz and kind of vote based on that and i'd probably be fine but you would (laughs) i feel like i would be i would be doing my i would be doing myself a disservice at least to myself to to not seek out as much as i can even if it's stuff that isn't even going to get you know votes from other people that's fine with me i want to represent you know the stuff that that ends up mattering to me i want to have the best idea that i can have
1: Well, I don't want to, like, politicize it, but it's kind of like the political discourse of, like, Seattle will always vote Democratic, and I'm a very Democratic person, and, like, I I can become very informed about all the people I'm voting for, but I also know that the city is going to vote the same way I will every time, and so (laughs) uh, in the same sense, we have about 50 members on this board, and I kind of think uh, they probably have pretty close to my taste in movies, and I probably could not watch no, any movies. And I could probably come up with exactly, you know, I don't want to say exactly what they'd vote for, but I could have like an inkling of where they're going to go um, because of my taste. And yeah. I kind of know what I think of movies before I see movies. I I kind of have like a a
0: world view about
1: cinema and where cinema's going. Right.
0: Um, we, well, I think especially you've you know been part of it for much longer than i have obviously and so like over the years you know you get that sense of kind of the more i guess the hive mind of it like you know where where it where it ends up being as a as a unit and that can kind of help drive what you know to seek out i think you do have to
1: see the movies because i guess a lot of that's based on me being in the screenings and just seeing people in the theaters and how they kind of like interact with the movies we're going to vote for Uh, and and, yeah i mean it certainly
0: is uh there's a community aspect to it for sure
1: and we had 1309 movies so part of me is like okay i watched about 200 total movies including like shorts this year that were released in 2022 and that must mean that you know I could have watched any two hundred, and they might not have been any of the ones yeah. that were nominated. I mean, if I oh absolutely if I went down like the earnest path of like what my indie interests are and like indie horror, I I presumably could have come up with a list of two hundred that weren't nominated.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's like this was the busiest year for me by far in terms of watching new releases and. I ended up at like 130, and it's Mm -hmm. like that's, you know, 10% (laughs) of everything that was eligible. It's like that's nothing, really, but I put so much work into just getting that much through, so it's a tough thing. And then I know people want
1: awards to branch out and see the other things, but then you look down a list of 1,309 movies, and you think about which percentage you have access to and which percentage are sent to you, and that cuts the list, you know, it's more than a, a fourth that it's more it's like three-fourths that you can't possibly see uh i mean without like seeking out at festival throughout the year and uh really engaging in like a cinema that's not widely accessible to the general public and the general public's like well shouldn't you be out like finding movies that we don't know about and then uh when you do that they're like why don't you talk about movies that i could actually exactly yeah and you kind of like end up in this like hot spot like well, you want me to find stuff that you can't see, but I can't always see what you can't see.
0: <laughs> uh, it's hard. Yeah, it's it's sort of an impossible task for sure. Because, yeah, you you can definitely do your best. I mean, it's and, and out of that list of you know all of our eligible films, it's like I would be surprised if I had even you know come across or heard of half of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so you know, there's there's another you know, seven hundred movies that I don't even know exist and it's there's there's no way to truly be comprehensive and just through access and the stuff that people talk about you're going to end up gravitating towards a certain group of films that's going to get smaller and smaller, especially the larger and larger an organization like this becomes. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think it does become um
1: more focused. I wouldn't I don't want to use yeah. any negative turn on like I don't want to say it's homogenized. No, Absolutely. Not. I'd say it, it's focused around and tailored around a group because it is a democratic voting process of fifty people who nominate films right. and then we rank them after that in another democratic process. And you know, that both the both of those things combined produces a certain result um, versus like deliberation and between fifty people that wouldn't work. But uh, yeah, I scroll all the way down. To one thousand three hundred nine and a zero fucks given, <laughs> and I wonder if I'm the only person who's seen this movie. Uh, like I, I look down ah, that at the bottom of the list. Title
0: does sound familiar. I did review was that it. like a South by movie or something like that. Yeah, I
1: did review it at some festival, I believe. Um, and then I, I also wonder because we have one person effectively compiling this list if 1309 is a complete number um i i feel like there are movies that i've seen at these festivals that are not on this list yeah that fall into different years. I, I would
0: i would definitely think so too i mean yeah that the eligibility itself is such a hard thing to just because of the way that things are released like there's always kind of stuff that's sort of in flux and you don't know quite where it is i mean there's movies that i saw in 2021 that ended up on our eligibility for this year like i hadn't seen mad god in you know probably over a year when uh yeah, when i voted on it too. but it's just kind of the way things go um <sighs> and even hit the road as well which was sadly not nominated but it's like that was like a film that was kind of you know i felt like such a, a champion of that movie and it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that it didn't end up anywhere but that's the way it is cuz i understand it's it's a niche that i'm very much a part of and i totally recognize that <laughs> is not for everybody else so
1: and it's hard because i think i get perspectives because there's well uh you can't follow all 50 people completely so i follow like five or six of us very closely and i'm like well these people right. are all watching mad god and uh, all the same people watch mad god and hit the road and they like them and i was like well maybe these things right. i like have a chance or maybe this is just like my insular like circle just like yeah. telling me that the things that i like and the people that I like kind of align in some way um (laughs) right (laughs) it makes sense and you have to think yeah like there's international films that uh, uh uh presumably like putting the list together you might not catch on to everything coming out of uh every continent from every you know it might not have distributors oh certainly yeah and you have to like go through Seattle releases so we're also like uh that that's another division so we're covering like several divisions of like a
0: yeah and even even within seattle releases it's there's stuff that really only we ended up getting access to because mm-hmm. it gets sent to us at the end of the year and they're like we're going to release this sometime in the future but we want it eligible for this year and there were even there's even stuff i mean you talk about international like we all received return to seoul which was has received such a claim in other in other spaces but we received it at, like, the the end, very end of December, you know, days before our voting deadline. And it's like, I got back into town from being out of the country, and it's like I had one day to watch it, and it was on the weekend, and my link didn't work. And I was I like, well, know. I can't contact anybody, and I need to vote on it. But even if I had, it's like, that wouldn't have made a difference, because there's no way that enough people got to this movie it's just like and now that's not eligible you know by the time that people are actually going to be able to see it which is such a bummer right
1: and that happens occasionally i thought that happened with mad god last year and then right but then it was released like i feel like the people who saw it who could have made a move on it all saw it last year so you kind of end up with movies that are like a year and a half old sometimes in like most people's minds like the real champions of the movie might have seen them a year or two ago um there's Things from, like, the festival when I first started that still aren't released. So, uh, 2018, there's, like, three movies I could think of from my very first festival that never came out. Um,
0: That's, yeah, that's crazy. And you
1: just think about that, like, that kind of, like, indie horror. And that could be my space. Like, if we, I, I don't know what, like, the award process would have to be, but I think I'd focus on stuff like Something on the Dirt a lot more. If it were, like, not a voting process. Um, if I were, like, let's go <laughs> right. generate something for the website, I don't have to worry about this membership. Yeah. I don't have to worry about consuming almost all the films. I saw everything but
0: one film on the entire list. Um, I think I I think I think missed three or four, uh, ended up being the, the ones that I didn't quite make it to by the end. But I have seen all of our winners. Okay, so yeah, me too. Thankfully, I didn't get unlucky there.
1: And I wonder if we missed like, one of the films. Might be the same. All Quiet on the Western Front was what my one.
0: Yeah, that was that was one of mine. Um, and then Close, I didn't get to. And then what was the other one? I can't remember now. Um, Saint Omer, I yeah. didn't get to okay. either.
1: Uh, Saint Omer, um, I think that
0: might be interesting. the the three. But <laughs> I
1: wish Saint Omer was more <laughs> interesting. I guess, but it is like a courtroom drama, and I don't really go for those, and it's very slow in French, but. Uh, that's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, day Up might be a very good oh, filmmaker um, one
0: day. All the Beauty and the Bloodshed as well okay. was the the last one I missed. So that four of those there, yeah. And it's um, also hard because... still would like to watch those, but...
1: <laughs> like three of those were like Crush, like end of the uh, cycle for me. And I was kind of like just cycling right. through things. And that's not like a, a meaningful way to really engage in movie discourse. Yeah, either. I think
0: I think that's the tough thing too, is that award season just kind of the way that it's designed it's it's basically just i mean that's the reason that we ended up doing the show in the way that we did but it's just november and december and that's it you start getting screeners at basically the beginning of november and then it's like you have two months and you're getting all these movies and you're like i don't <laughs> i don't have that much time you could have been sending these to me before this um, I think, and you know there would have been more opportunity maybe but apple sent luck in april and
1: then um and netflix (laughs) um what's that that adam Sandler basketball movie hustle Hustle. in august and then uh, then they sent nothing nothing else came to us till november (laughs) yes so bizarre why would you do that i mean i mean why would you not do that earlier it would it would help so much um i wonder if they think it gets ignored and people only watch these movies during this season
0: yeah, I mean, I'd imagine it's it's probably a conversation on that end as well, and I would imagine that that's probably true, that, you know, people are only going to dig through that pile and keep it at the top of their mind, and when it's happening, and, and when there's that push going on, but it also does create that impossibility of, like, I received all this stuff, and I there's just no way I could have gotten to all of it.
1: I don't think I'll see some of it, either. Like, the stuff that wasn't nominated in our awards, there's, like right i'd say there's about 15 films i received either by email or or dvd that i'll never watch um which is just so wasteful. um because i have this opportunity and i know other people would watch these movies i also look at it that way like i feel some responsibility because if i if i weren't in the membership i'd wish i were Uh, so right (laughs) like and if i wished i were then i should probably take that opportunity and actually make something useful of it um
0: yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it.
1: Because I'm very grateful to be in it, and I, I think it's such a, a huge thing to have access, especially in our position of, like, writing about things and um, and, and just having friends that we could kind of, like, bounce things off of and get stuff in front yeah. of them. Um, we might have a small market, but we have, like, a, a very passionate group of people around us that, that get other people to watch things, and they're very important to me. So, um. It is it is like a valuable thing to me like I take it very seriously that I I mean I do this because I yeah, want totally to. totally agree and, and right. I love it and I love working with you and Stephen and David and all that so um it's really just like a passion project right like it's not my job yeah. necessarily but um it's better than a job because I'm very passionate about it.
0: Right. No, absolutely. I I could not agree with you more. Um yeah it is such a great thing to to have and you want to be able to find that stuff that's worth um championing in our spaces and and spreading when we can because the big stuff you know as much as we also love it and appreciate it like you know people know about it anyway and so it's it's better, I, and I get so much more joy out of finding the stuff that people aren't talking about and being able to share it with other people.
1: Do you feel like the noise-to-signal ratio is just too distorted by the time something like Avatar Way the Water comes out, and you're trying to sell people on, um, say, what, what's real, something in the dirt? Do you think, like, getting 50 people to watch something in the dirt the week that Avatar 2 comes out, is that an impossibility? Like, Is there even a, a meaningful reason to do that? in award season context it
0: it it does it does feel like an impossibility because i think that i think that no matter what you kind of end up doing you're also pitching it to if 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 you're in that award season context you're pitching it to people who are also trying to keep up with the same thing Mm -hmm. that's also limited by all the other people that aren't paying attention to something in the dirt and so it's like even even if we do our best it's Kind of, I think it is kind of an impossibility at times, which is which is hard. But <laughs> yeah, it is what it is too. <laughs> I would never overcredit myself, but I feel
1: like I've run meaningful campaigns for a couple things in my time, in, in the Seattle film critics, I, I feel like a, a valuable cam- campaigner at least at at uh, things I love. I think I'm very passionate about, and I try to make a good case for it, or at least I try to present myself that way. So yeah, um, hopefully I get it's a good some thing to do. To I think
0: I. This. Yeah, I need to. I think I need to do that more next, or I guess this year, yeah. is uh, really, really campaign for the stuff that I'm passionate about and get people to uh, to check it out if I can.
1: I really think you could have got quite a few people on something in the dirt, or I think there's a few others that you like that I think people would have been receptive about trying and they just didn't know about. Um, there's also the matter of, like, if you're sending... I think we, we've covered, like, a lot of why things go the way they do, but if you're sending 50 people DVDs, they're much more likely to watch those than to seek out independent movies. And that really skews yeah. what, uh, if it's published by neon or a 24, I think the likelihood is much better than if it's uh, just something released in independent theaters in Seattle.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, access really is such a huge thing and it's like these, you know, it, just to continue mentioning something in the dirt since it's kind of the one we have picked to talk about but it's like that you know it's such a it's such a tiny budget and it's just their own little studio that's that's working on that movie they don't have a huge distributor behind them or anything they had a tiny theatrical run and it's like they don't when you're just a tiny um you know studio like that you don't like sending out screeners for everyone is expensive and is, you know, a huge part of the marketing of these bigger companies. But when you don't have that money, you can't just give people the access. And thankfully there is stuff like screeners now, but it's also just like, are you going to choose to, to send people screeners? or Are you going to, because even just the effort of, of getting that all out there is also an expense. So it's, it's difficult because stuff like that is so great and has been so great to discover, but The whole awards race is a a very big beast for a small company to tackle (laughs) that not everyone can do.
1: Yeah, also for us not to be under any, like, employee, like, not to be, like, paid to go through these movies. We could only expend so much time on them. I couldn't spend every day watching these movies. We all have lives, and more importantly, a lot of uh, events this time of year between November, December, early January, we're we're traveling, and we're off doing weekends away and like the time that would be set aside for these kinds of movies is that's the time where it's most occupied for me um so there's quite a yeah few and i mean i probably
0: right i probably could have you know ultimately gotten to a lot more nominees and a lot more um awards movies but it's like i was just gone for two weeks in december with no, you know, I'm not bringing <laughs> a stack of screeners out of the country with me, and I had, you know, sporadic internet access. I was just watching stuff I had downloaded. It's like I couldn't watch screeners or anything. So <laughs> yeah. you just miss out on stuff because it's the time of year that that stuff happens. Yeah. So, yeah. There's some stuff that's just like there's not really a, a solution to it, but it's, you deal with it. I think the last thing I would bring up is what kind of
1: group are you like what are the group's values and ethics and what part of the country are you in and will they kind of like reflect an oscar voting body or will they reflect a critical consensus or a progressive one um maybe they want to say something about who they are and uh, those things right. also really shape like voting bodies like we have to think oscars aren't voted on by any critics unless they're critics who have moved into you know production and um it, it's voted on by guilds and and guilds vote very yeah. differently and people complain about the guilds making choices but the the guilds make the choices on who they want to work with and um you know it's not just like uh this guy is the best cinematographer and this is a group of cinematographers and they're going to recognize that they're like uh, we want him on our movie or we think he's the most valuable member of our guild or something um and, and I wonder if it's like that for critics too like this is the movie for critics more than it's um, uh, just for general audiences. That happens too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can only like, we can only offer like our own approach to it, but I think that certainly at least um, for me, like you, you do want you to, to kind of feel like it's representative of something more than just, you know, the individual things you want to feel like as a, as a community we are being you know representative of ourselves and of something and of the place that we're at and, and who we are as as critics and there's going to be different degrees of that but at least you know i think when i'm i've been going through the process and having voting on stuff like that's been part of that consideration is this is also like reflecting on something that is you know bigger than just the things that i'm voting on you know what i mean yeah I think so so
1: too and uh, I think that makes it meaningful I mean people might not think like these processes are meaningful but they must be meaningful for us Uh, yeah absolutely um, uh, because we're committed to this show and this process and this membership and this website there's a lot of uh, reasons for us to really engage with it and I think get a lot out of it I think I I get something out of it and uh, today I think we could really talk about like what we got out of the year in movies and and what we've really taken away, um, how we've grown, maybe maybe there's some growth, or or maybe we've discovered things that we like that we didn't know we liked <laughs> as much as we do.
0: Yeah. So since we're at the the end of things here, and we are now post the official rollout of the Seattle Film Critics 2022 um, awards, we've announced all of our winners. Um so now that we've gone through kind of the whole process, I think we should just quickly kind of rattle off each category if that works for you. Okay. Are you
1: just go are we just gonna go down like the Seattle film critic winners or Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've just okay. got it open and I was gonna start uh, start at the at the bottom and then end with our best picture. Okay. Um but I think what we were just talking about is a pretty good transition to our first award, which was the the newly created pacific northwest filmmaking award which you were a part of
1: yeah it was on the committee Um,
0: deciding which
1: ones we'd vote on yeah then we put it to the the wider but
0: yeah so that was like the only one that was like a curated set of of films and not just us nominating it specifically Um, Mm -hmm. but i i liked the the selection we had was really good i think and and our winner was a sweetheart deal which was was definitely my pick as a really good a really beautiful documentary that i think is very well representative of what at least my interpretation of uh of what that award is you know
1: yeah and sweetheart deals of course kind of like a streetwise type thing or tiny the sequel to streetwise but it takes place on aurora and um uh it's interesting because uh uh, Gabriel Miller, one of the people working on it, uh, passed uh, uh, between making the film and, and this awards. So, uh, there's some like dedication in doing that. It's like a, a local like a eulogy, too, to award that movie. I think it's very nice right. that we did that uh, for the sur- surviving director, but also because it's such a, a beautiful local story. And it's so local. I mean, we could have gone with Kimmy, but it wouldn't have been that local.
0: Yeah, I think... For me, like this being the inaugural year for this award, like that, at least voting wise, like was important to me to like be really representative of something that that really speaks to Seattle and the people that live here. And I don't think any of our uh nominees did that better than Sweetheart Deal.
1: It was hard, like on the committee, because they're like, "Okay, so what's the best movie here?" I'm like, "Kimmy is," and they're like, "Well, so you don't right you don't <laughs> want Kimmy?" And I was like, "Absolutely not." And they're like, "Well." Should we set like a budget consensus? we like, yeah, let's go pretty low. And we're like, okay, well, Kimmy makes that threshold. It's like 13 million. It's like, well, shit. And I'm like, well, yeah. uh, Soderbergh's a midwestern director, and, and then we start talking about how Kelly Reichardt yeah. may win next year. I'm like, she's from Florida, and people are like, what? <laughs> and it, uh, you just kind of go in circles of oh, like, yeah, how local is the movie? At least uh, Kimmy, uh, all the background actors are locally sourced and all that that's very nice but zoe kravitz yeah i mean
0: kimmy is kimmy is definitely a rarely authentic seattle film for that is like a larger film larger profile and an actual um you know like big name director and and set and um lost my train of thought there Mm -hmm. um actually like a lot of filming in seattle which is very rare to see but Definitely doesn't quite get the the spirit of yeah. of I think what we want from this award. So no, I mean, it... definitely happy with that outcome.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like tech worker negativity, and uh, uh, it, it's like a good version of like Megan's uh, ethics on tech workers in Seattle, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm glad that sweetheart deal won. Uh, I think it's a good thing for us to like a. Uh, 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 for people like submitting to this award too uh we want like uh, yeah. we want people to believe that that local directors who live in seattle portland metro area can actually win
0: yeah you don't want to be immediately discouraged by steven soderbergh <laughs> <laughs> right a very prolific and famous director and
1: released on hbo whereas sweetheart deal only really played like Sith yeah and slam dance right now it's out this week on on Slam Dance, so if, if you haven't seen it and you're not in this area, you can watch it online, I believe. The award-winning sweetheart deal. Yeah, check it out. It's <laughs> it's really good, and it grows on you after a while.
0: Yeah. Uh, you want to go to our next one now? Yeah. Give um, it up or? I
1: think I do. Yeah. Uh, so villain of the year, uh, where I put in <laughs> one of our fun awards here. I Dunham is my top choice. <laughs> because she made two movies, and I think that's really villainous of her. Since stick is like in my bottom three of the year, and I don't like to uh, uh, do that kind of thing, but I was kind of congratulating her in a
0: way because it's so brave. Uh, because she's such a brave person <laughs> to really put herself out yeah. there twice. You did. Uh, you did make a, an attempt to campaign for that one. I don't <laughs> think anyone was. I don't think anyone was really on board, though. <laughs> a couple people replied
1: liking the movies, and that I knew my campaign was dead <laughs> on arrival when uh, people like yeah. Catherine called Birdie, which I didn't see. Uh, um, me not yeah, seeing that one yeah, of I mean... doesn't help my campaign. <laughs> <coughs> Um,
0: yeah that was another one I, I have the screener for that but i did not watch
1: and it you'll never see it um uh, no i'll probably never <laughs> see that uh villain of the year lydia tar from monster hunter
0: <laughs> from monster hunter i mean it's i certainly can't be mad because i think that's such a great pick i my vote was for jean jacket who i think is is such an inventive <laughs> and, and unique thing that was my second but choice. that's just because i like yeah. authentically weird aliens and it's such a cool design um but Lydia Tara, very excellent uh, villain of the year pick.
1: And it has some of the coolest alien moments since Arrival, maybe, where it's like a. a, a it shows, yeah, I would totally agree. Like the basic, like, extraterrestrial 50s, like, build of what an alien is, like, as a gag. As, like, a horror gag that right. works as comedy <laughs> horror. It's so good. <laughs> but then, jean Jacket is really, like, a. a otherworldly concept like it's so cool oh yeah absolutely i love jean jacket that was my first serious choice on the list but um <laughs> I also had... it's such a good name too yeah. jean jacket's great jean jacket sounds so cool and specific um i had Corey from halloween and was surprised that didn't even make the
0: nomination cut as my third choice uh uh, i think that the uh, the team at the twin geeks might be the only people that are huge <laughs> fans of halloween ends it hasn't occurred so to that me. might be why <laughs> it hasn't occurred to me that in
1: our echo chamber we were like
0: <laughs> it's, i know like i think that movie's so great but occasionally i come across it on litter <laughs> and i'm reminded that it has like a 2.3 average and i'm like oh right <laughs> it's like yeah. it's just us
1: <laughs> i think pearl was probably the next possible choice that mia got
0: pearl was also yeah, yeah uh, a great pick
1: but uh, congrats to Kate uh, Blanchett, who I'm sure is really honored by this award. And it's like, i sure she put it like on her mantle, place Villain of the Year, Seattle Film Critics Society. Congrats to Kate Yeah, we're sending
0: out, sending out actual awards this year. Our little fish. the great awards. I love them.
1: Uh, congrats on your I hope they received fish. warmly. Yeah, I, I hope they are too. I, I, I think it's such a great thing that we have physical copy of awards. Yeah, absolutely. I think the guys from... Um, S- or the, uh, the people from uh, Sweetheart Deal are absolutely keeping those awards and, like, honoring them being, like, a, this is such a great thing we won, right? Like,
0: Yeah, like, if nobody else keeps it, if, as long <laughs> yeah, as they do, that's fine by yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> that it was worth it. Um, I yeah. certainly
1: hope the next choice will uh, keep their awards.
0: That's true. So, Best Youth Performance to Frankie Corio and Aftersun, which I absolutely, I mean i mean just one of my one of my favorite movies of the year and i, I would say my favorite movie of the year but well, i think you'll, yeah what a great performance I'd be
1: grateful that it will probably show up in quite a few more categories right as a winner um, because charlotte wells uh-huh. really just like a <laughs> knockout director and uh, possibly the best movie of the year the most well-directed film like the most Claire Denis movie. <laughs> Claire Denis made Calvin, two I certainly
0: agree with you, but uh, we are beholden to a, a group of other voters. <laughs> and Claire Denis
1: made two movies, but this is equal to the weight of both of them combined. So I'm sure this shows up on... No, uh, just this one category for uh, maybe like the site's yeah, collective favorite movie of the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just like we we became such champions of it just in those last few weeks of the year. And I I think, I think it might just be as easy as I I think it didn't get to as many people as it should have because of that release. And it didn't ever, it didn't get like that wide release by before the end of the year. And we did get screeners for it. And Mm -hmm. I think there was a little push at the end, but it's the same thing where if you don't have, you know, there's if there's a sizable enough chunk of people that haven't seen the movie by the end of the year, it's, it's not going to matter. And there's, plenty other movies that have come out in May or July that people have seen so
1: what is that movie that everyone's campaigning for on the Oscars now like all the uh that indie movie oh two Leslie, Leslie or whatever like after Sun <laughs> just became like our two Leslie like it didn't have like yeah <laughs> like I felt like a24 or whoever wasn't like pushing it hard and then like all the critics did and now they might be <laughs> right uh, I, yeah it was like our two Leslie of the critic circles. Uh, but but yeah there. i think
0: that's that ends up being kind of the thing is it's like we have our own you know community of just the twin geeks and all of our you know contributors and all of our friends and we end up in one place and, but it's just the two of us that are part <laughs> yeah. of the the critic society and so it doesn't quite reflect on the this is the same way i
1: often do forget that like the that other people aren't like uh watching movies maybe the same way that we are looking for the same things
0: so. right yeah certainly
1: <laughs> i think after sun is such a, a worthy thing and uh generally i don't like best youth performance but in this year's case i think this might be one of the most worthy wins of the year i think uh, frankie corio is one of the best yeah, performers i think the definitely. best possibly performer on all of our lists um so congrats to frankie corio who should be incredible like we have like a whole lifetime of acting, hopefully, to look forward to. I don't want to put that on them. <laughs> yeah, but you you do hope so, yeah. yeah. But you do Certainly. feel like there is potential, and for Charlotte yeah, Wells, I, absolutely.
0: Um... Um, let's see. This this is up you next. You up next up you next (laughs) (laughs) up you next next. (laughs) so we're recording
1: this late (laughs) up you next uh best visual effects Uh, avatar the way of water up you next Uh, could it
0: have gone any other way i don't think so i don't think it could have.
1: just like i i think like all the tweets out there talking about like spider and people not knowing what is digital and real is probably all you really need to know
0: yeah i mean i i think in a weird way, like almost out of protest. I don't think it was my number one pick, but like I I kind of knew that it wasn't it didn't matter what I voted for, you know. Um, What was your... What do you think was your like...
2: uh,
0: Let me see. What did I... Nope was pretty
1: great. Um,
0: I think I might have had Nope at number one. Um, But I I mean really I can't. It is... Because you're right. It's totally indistinguishable and it does look beautiful. It's just... I think I'm at a point where like
1: it's not purely
0: functional like functional realism is just not it's technically impressive but it's not you know as interesting to me as as other things Um, Um, which is fine it is still extremely um, extremely well done so I can't be can't be too upset about it and you think about things like uh, Jim Cameron like walking
1: around with the iPad like trying to set up the set and like how he shot things and um just like the novelty of like the underwater cameras and i think underwater never looking smoother but also uh best visual effects you think about like playing with frame rate and what that does visually i don't know if you could call that visual effect but i think if things are moving at multiple frame rates seamlessly in a background that might be a component
0: and (sighs) and I mean, you say seamlessly and I don't necessarily think that it was the movie itself or know if it was the movie itself, but I think that ended up being like such a big factor and like me not really supporting it as much just because when I saw it, at least, I felt like half of the movie was like really choppy and just looked noticeably (laughs) bad because of the frame rate stuff. And I don't know if that was that. The film was somehow too powerful for the projector in our theater or if that was just the movie itself but i would also argue that if you're making a movie that people can't watch as it's meant to be watched then you know <laughs> there's also a conversation to be had there if if the projectors you're sending it to can't handle it
1: right like the same as like skin and Rink. if you don't watch it on your phone in your room in the dark <laughs> i think you probably failed the assignment um so if you went and spent money on Skin and Rake, I think you did the wrong thing. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a screensaver. It should be on a screen that, that would have a screensaver on it, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: Skin Rake will be factored into
1: all of our awards next year.
0: Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> like,
1: such as the walls of Skin and Rake might function in the next category, Uh, you want to
0: that's was, that was better than my last transition <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're getting better as we go uh, or worse. well
0: we'll get there we'll be really smooth by the end of it or yeah or it'll be way worse because it'll be 11 30 by that point okay, yeah um best production design babylon um which i think is a is a great pick yeah. there's i mean but i think there are a lot of a lot of great picks in this category but i really love babylon so
1: I feel like my race, my voice raised as I said, "Yeah." Like I was like, uh, I was maybe too excited or too enthusiastic because, <laughs> although I like Babylon, it's not like in my top ten or maybe top twenty. It's uh, no, it's in my top twenty. I, I would say it's not my top ten movies, but but it's one that I think about most fondly. That's fair. Um, the one I'm most grateful that was probably released in the last few months is <laughs> maybe like Babylon and After Son. <laughs> Uh, because, uh, yeah. Babylon also in my, like, uh, fake interest in the discourse is really fun for me.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, that was a, yeah, that was, that was some weird discourse surrounding Babylon where the discourse seemed to about, be about how nobody was seeing it. And I assumed that the people <laughs> talking about it were not seeing it. So <laughs> yeah. And it's a
1: weird thing to go out and like on a limb and be like, I, people aren't seeing this movie that I'm not going to see. And that might be a problem or, um, uh, go see the movie. Uh, that's, like, that should be the Absolute, end of the stars. I absolutely agree. And that's another case that you should have seen it in the theater. If you're watching Babylon at home, like Avatar 2, I don't know why you're watching... Babylon. But
0: that's I mean, that's almost the thing. It's like it's such a bummer that they put Babylon right next to Avatar and yeah. it's like of course nobody saw it. Right. And <laughs> if people aren't gonna see two three hour movies right next to each other. Well it
1: came out the week of like a huge winter storms throughout America and it's very American yeah, movie. Like also very true. Babylon's yeah. <laughs> not counting on a Chinese market that's overwhelmed oh, by yeah. COVID surges. Uh yeah. Pretty much anyone in China is only going to Avatar 2 uh, for the last five weeks. It's still going. It's still their number one movie despite, uh, you know, domestic releases in China. And that's almost remarkable. But Babylon required a
0: a localized market that was never there. Yeah. Yeah. it's a bummer, but I think uh, I think our friend Damien Chazelle will be just fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: people are like, "Oh, he uh, he burnt his blank check. He'll never make another. He'll make whatever he wants." I think uh,
0: he will make whatever he wants. He still won Best Picture, and that gets you a lot of. I think that gets you plenty. And <laughs> did he win Best Picture? Oh, that's right. He no. didn't. I'm getting it. Uh, I'm getting my. You did he the same thing as picture, the Oscars. You just. I did. You gave I him did. And took it away. <laughs> I gave him. I gave him the award. He didn't get. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Damien. This keeps
1: happening to him, and uh, I, I hope one day he uh, he wins the Oscar. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's better that he's hungry. Um, it, Babylon also a film that doesn't seem to like La La Land that much, but uh, maybe that's just its own discourse.
0: Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like I don't even. There's certainly an argument to be made that La La Land is very like, you know, geared for being in that award space, and I think that Babylon <laughs> is like the exact opposite of that. I yeah. don't think he has any interest at all in the in the award space for Babylon, which is for the best. I mean, it, I mean, obviously it's still here and it deserves to be, but there's an air of of uh, definitely not giving a shit <laughs> in that movie.
1: You know where it really deserves to be the. Is
0: best original score Which yes, we absolutely we decided before we saw the movie <laughs> this time so we now, did decide before um, we saw the movie and we were absolutely right and i am so glad that our voting body agrees
1: sometimes you just know something is true before you get there and you, you i mean yeah uh, once i heard those two songs they came up i think it was like voodoo mama and i don't remember the, the other one the main theme uh either. call me manny is oh, the yeah, other yeah. one yeah and they're both perfect songs and maybe two of the best songs of yeah. the last year um
0: yeah and I, I mean i've had been listening to that score since the film released it's just on loop all the time i listen to it like almost every day at this point because it's i just i love it kind um and yeah certainly no other score this year did quite that uh no
1: um uh justin Hurwitz, we will love to and is just such a great oh, composer yeah. so i think we already knew even before we heard the songs we were interested and then uh if you have interest in something is that great there's right <laughs> uh, you, you can't get anything better than that um it's nice uh, uh you want to talk about the next award or... i don't have a good transition here
0: i don't think i have a good transition for it either uh, maybe you could slightly, do some uh, yes. editing on the episode and uh... <laughs> best film editing <laughs> there you go everything everywhere all at once um which again I, I don't um not that it's a bad pick in any way it's a great pick um maybe not mine but that's you know totally fine i'm absolutely not not mad about that i mean because it is it is very well edited it does rely heavily on uh the editing making it all fit and match together and combining all of those worlds
1: i think if you could edit the multiverse in a really compelling way i think that's really interesting. <laughs> no it's very true um, because every other movie that does it well I, I was gonna say everyone but like spider-verse is very good too um it's different yeah, it's when true. you animate i think and the approach of animation um versus editing this live action down yeah um yeah, I, I think it's worthwhile anyway. Uh, Not my choice. I think After Sun is entirely uh, a film about editing and three or four different. Yeah, permutations. I think so too. Like the evocation of how things were, how things really were, in this video footage of what things actually were. And then you pair those three, and you can make a cohesive film out of these three layers that are so multi layered without losing the plot, but also in advancing an idea of the characters as you go. With hardly any dialogue. I think Aftersun's like the most incredible achievement in editing.
0: It really is. I mean just the way that it all plays out is really quite incredible. And it it is very indebted to the way that it's all put together. And there's I think far and away nothing quite as um, just unique and fascinating as Aftersun that came out last year. Would you say that...
1: um... Everything everywhere all at once has better editing than bow rap <laughs> I
0: think I, I think it's a pretty low bar, so I would go with I would go with most certainly well
1: um speaking of bow rap, you can't put lipstick on a pig, but you can put a costume on Elvis Presley.
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> we are getting better I, that was I mean.
1: <laughs> I think that's as good as I'll get. I don't think there's.
0: A... <laughs> I, I'll take it. I'll take it. um Yeah, I mean, again, like I would, I wouldn't say, I, but that's kind of part of how this ends up being. Is it's like there's a degree of trying to decide what really achieved, you know, the best in costumes, but there's also like an unavoidable point of. If I'm not fond of a movie, it's hard to separate that. Um, so Elvis, certainly not my pick because I don't like Elvis. But I think
1: the one thing uh, I didn't talk about that I feel like I wish I did now and like all of our qualifications of how awards get to where they are is critics not being experts in every category. Um, and maybe oh, certainly uh, yeah, predominantly white male, um, very cis, like heteronormative membership out of 50 members is probably i don't want to say i don't want to stereotype but i don't think we're all like fashionistas i don't think we're especially oh yeah, no, certainly we're not i wouldn't say yeah, that.
0: it's um, certainly not my area of expertise at all like, um,
1: like do you know what makes yeah. a greater costume between like uh, elvis and uh uh what's right another movie um name another movie with the costume um Babylon. like
0: in our nominees like wakanda forever or yeah babylon was a, was a nominee as well because i would say babylon
1: um, had the best costume but i don't know like is that true
0: right it's i mean when you have this many categories i think that there's again like there's a degree of impossibility of like you you can't be an expert in all of these things and yeah to to a point you're just kind of doing your best and it's just kind of it comes down to a very subjective view of just what you like and what costumes you're looking at, and the movie that you like enough to stick in your mind, and maybe the movie that's not as good has better costumes, but you're not thinking about it as much, so it's not going to end up there.
1: Because I feel like Colonel Tom Parker's costumes would be more extraordinary than they were in the movie. I thought he would dress like a like such a circus performer, and I don't think Tom Hanks... really. I mean, kind of, but uh right maybe it's only elvis's costumes like this is why i'm bad at this category because i have to nail it down and be like do you mean only one character is expressed by their costumes perfectly in this film um (laughs) that's what I. yeah
0: i mean not even necessarily to say that there should be but you don't have you know set parameters for what an award necessarily means and you you know you talk about best costume design and it's like how Expansive is that? Are you talking about, like you said, are you just focusing on something like Elvis's specific costumes? Or which are, are you great. focusing on, yeah. you know, everything in the rest of the world? Or are you wanting to look at, you know, the costumes in every single way? In which case, if it's you're looking at kind of the most and the most elaborate then maybe you know you go to wakanda forever or something like that but or possibly when there's no parameters because it just gets you know more and more subjective there's no way to win <laughs> Right, you could say like everything everywhere all at once where the costumes reflect
1: the permutations of the realities and that must be right that must be more plot centric like i think too much in movie terms and not in costume designing terms possibly yeah. Possibly Elvis. I, I'm not going to take it from us that it is, though. I, I, I mean, I don't want to say <laughs> right. that we can't vote on a category. I'm just saying that uh, I think a costume designer would have more relevant thoughts than I do.
0: But, like, a big part of it is how the costumes are shot.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, um, and the, uh, <laughs> the, um, the top button the top gun
0: <laughs>
2: maverick uh, if you're a maverick i think i i feel
0: sugar. like i i teed you up but i think that was my thing to, to say anyway but so it was, i should i, I, I should just continue sure if you it. were going to like jump in and
2: introduce
0: <laughs> it. maybe i'll just cut all this out and act like it was really smooth um it, best cinematography yeah. top gun maverick um i mean i think it's i think it's a great i think it's a great pick i think that that movie looks amazing. I think it looks fantastic. And I think there's a definitely a part of that where again, you know, uh, as far as I know, none of our voting body are cinematographers. Um, but we all like looking at local places Mm -hmm. in a movie. So, you know, there is, there are shades of, of the Pacific Northwest and Top Gun Maverick. And who knows how much that factored into the voting here, but I mean, if I could, maybe it's subconscious. If I could put
1: it in any category, I think it would be here or best editing and best editing because they had 800 hours of footage and they somehow made the most like compelling new blockbuster right. <laughs> movie of the year out of like 800 hours. And uh, yeah. the, the second reason being that like those 800 hours are shot by like uh, a diverse setup of cameras in a cockpit that have never been arranged that way before. That's innovative. Right. Maybe that's cinematography in a meaningful way. Um, another case, yeah, where we're not experts, and I don't know, like, if, yeah. if like, <laughs> like, I could say dumb things, like, my favorite cinematography is that, like, under the skin puts eight cameras in a car, and you just, like, catch natural reactions of people who don't know they're there, and I don't know if, if other people are like, well, I think cinematography is awareness of a space, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the best thing is when yeah. people don't know a camera exists, <laughs> you know? Um,
0: yeah, there's there's always different approaches to things. I think that there is certainly a a large group. And I think that, you know, a lot of times what kind of stuff like the bigger award ceremonies, like the Oscars end up gravitating towards is movies with very, for lack of a better word, like loud cinematography, Mm -hmm. where it is very like we are intentionally shooting very beautiful vistas and landscapes and, and stuff that just is very naturally and easily beautiful And that's the stuff that people recognize, and and especially a voting body of people who are not even, you know, critics or anything like that. Like, that's what they're going to recognize. That movie was really pretty to look at, so I'm going to vote for it. But there's also, I mean, all of cinematography has such a range, and it's like you can look at just, you know, what is really effectively um, portraying kind of the the atmosphere of the film. And I think something like After Sun does that really exceptionally, and that would be, you know, I think that was... I think that was my my number one pick for for this category because i think the the way that after sun is shot is just so unique and really creates such a unique atmosphere for that film and it's very Denis like which i love a lot so
1: it's true and i think people are looking for something like a deacon's cinematography which might be like a denny element as well is that they're kind of looking for like that visual stylist uh that they've like come to know already so cinematography ends up being like kind of the same thing whereas you can make like the same or or you can make a different argument for hit the road being like a Kirostami like cinematography of like hills of iran and yeah uh, that being equally as specialist top gun having eight cameras in a cockpit Um, (laughs) right which is you know i mean is it impressive or is it eight cameras like capture i guess it's impressive like it it's yeah difficult to do i think
0: it really just like it comes down to um that that i mean there's just there's there's really no way to have any kind of any kind of like right answer i guess just because there are so many different approaches to it and the same thing it's like if we, we don't have parameters so <laughs> it's it's it just ends up kind of being all these different things in one place and
1: yeah you know like it's in the back of my mind i could be like well does it take intentionality and in someone being director of photography all the time behind a camera or can you just like send right. someone up in a cockpit and then use the best of 800 hours of footage like um yeah i don't, I don't know <laughs> if i mean that seems like editing to me more than cinematography but um I, I as i like i say i'd put it in one of these two categories but
0: Yeah, but I mean, I I certainly, like, I can't argue against it. I think Maverick looks very beautiful. I think it's a great-looking movie. Yeah, I definitely Um,
1: don't want to, like, deride a category. And and I think before I do, we should uh,
0: make a decision to leave this category. (laughs) Does that work as a transition to just come out to transition using the winner's title? Instead of telling them what
1: the award is for. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Best international film is... uh, Uh. Uh, decision to leave which i was i don't know if i was surprised by it. i thought EO was gathering
0: quite momentum. i think i was i think i was kind of surprised as well i don't think it was i didn't realize it had been such a standout i guess and maybe nece- it, it doesn't necessarily have to have been i mean the yeah. way that our our voting works it could be that decision to leave was everyone's number two pick and that's how it ends up kind of Landing at number one, somehow, so maybe it wasn't. But
1: somehow I feel I was, like it was on a num- lot of number ones, and nobody told anyone. Like, <clears throat> uh,
0: yeah, it might be that too. Is yeah. it the Parcian
1: Woo? Because I reckon
0: maybe. I mean, I definitely don't feel like I heard a ton of discussion surrounding it, so I was <laughs> kind of surprised to see it to see it being there. um And that's not again same thing. Like, I really like Decision to Leave. I think it's fantastic. Um, hmm and it's totally totally deserving i mean it is certainly park chan wook is is who he is for a reason he is a masterful director well think um, of like
1: who the other directors were of the uh regional like uh non english language uh films um i like that we changed it to best international by the way instead of like Film's not in an English language where... Yeah. uh, That makes sense because now Minari couldn't be in this category and that's more specific. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, I think International's the way to go for it. I think
1: so. Uh, And then, so that makes sure that it has to be something like Decision to Leave, but then... Yeah, are the other directors known names? Like, do you know the director of um, Quiet on the Western Front?
0: Yeah, so our other two... Yeah, this was the category where I'd seen the least because I was missing Quiet on the Western Front and Saint Omer, um, and I yeah I don't know either of those directors. And then we've got um, Eo, which is if I can even say his name right, Jerzy Skimolowski or something like That's that. That's good enough, I think. Um, <laughs> Polish director. And then we've got um, SS Rajamouli. Um, I think I was I was honestly I think expecting RRR to take it. It's
1: a little weird that it um, didn't actually.
0: Yeah i was i was definitely surprised i really thought it would be that's where i thought it would be i thought
1: decision to Um, leave i just didn't think we'd have enough access to it i didn't i didn't think people were really accessing it did have
0: a bit of a weird release yeah Yeah, and we didn't get any actual screeners um from movie so i don't know what they're doing as a distributor it's kind of weird (laughs) (laughs) i was surprised when they picked up this movie it seems like a Seems like a neon or something. Now but... they're releasing it as their first Blu-ray, and it's
1: like a really handsome like set, and it looks really good. And I'm I'm like glad they're like making it physical copy as well, so it's not just like lost on Netflix oh, yeah. or something. Um, yeah,
0: it's nice when when you get that stuff right. from these like streamer companies. Yeah, and
1: you say uh, get a dose of that, uh, sir. Dosa our winner for uh, our next category. <laughs>
0: Best documentary feature. I am. I, I want to make it smooth, but I'm just. I'm too taken aback by these uh, <laughs> these transitions. Um, best documentary feature: Fire of Love, um, which we have talked said many great things about mm. um, because we're both huge fans of this one. Um, I think probably both of our number one pick for this category. So yeah, we can say it's all it's all because of us. Yeah, my
1: favorite documentary of the year. I'd put it in a lot of categories. I think another case where I'm like, uh, put this in editing because it's entirely a work of editing yeah. research footage that doesn't naturally tell the story, but Sarah doesn't make it.
2: Yeah,
0: it's interesting. I mean, I think we've gotten certainly a lot better about um, just, I mean, just uh awards like in general um about like letting like international stuff kind of expand out and be included in other categories but i think that the same should be done more for you know the other like genre category stuff like documentary and um like animation like that stuff totally deserves to be in any category if they want to be but it feels like they don't quite ever show up there when they probably should
1: yeah i'd like to see documentary, especially kind of like a blur the lines yeah. because it it doesn't have to just be non-fiction i mean it's really a love story about you know people who fall in love and then fall into volcanoes as i've been saying all year as <laughs> my favorite as you have been That's saying it. all year <laughs> i'm trying to like give this the most perfect log line and uh and then uh, i saw that um Werner herzog documentary he made about the same subject and it just like i like the herzog approach to everything but i've seen that before and i've seen him do a volcano movie better before right um it's one of those cases where the story just gets sold because it's out there and it's ready to be packaged and two people end up getting it and he produces it for like a more like a a, a, what was it like national geographic or like a normal outlet for like yeah documentary that's just like usually that's talking heads or just like usually that's just right. footage uh, arranged in a way you expect footage to be
0: yeah not quite going for the same like awards theatrical release kind of pipeline for it which is fair but it also can be such a bummer for documentaries because i always feel like there's there can be so much possibility there but documentaries always seem like they're sidelined a little bit when they shouldn't be
1: yeah then i think of like sarados's which came out in theaters and was like the top documentary in the world for like eight or nine weeks or something in the box office. Like it had a run that was meaningful in the dead of summer when I wasn't feeling motivated by a lot of the films out. I I felt motivated by fire of love and it was kind of my film of the summer in a way.
0: Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's possibility there. I think that maybe studios don't quite believe in documentaries in the way that Mm -hmm. they should. I mean, but we've seen both, um, Fire of Love and Moon Age Daydream this year both did really well I think and both thanks to Neon like really pushing those. Yeah. So I think it's great it's great to have like these bigger studios that can maybe start picking up more stuff like that and the, and really giving it the theatrical push and the marketing it deserves.
1: I mean they've done such an extraordinary <clears throat> job around like Moon Age Daydream, Fire of Love and all the Beauty and the Bloodshed, like those, are being very seriously yeah. considered in a lot of categories where I don't think documentaries usually are. Uh, so that's yeah, a really, I totally agree. With that. Really gorgeous job. Um, speaking of things that should die in a fiery volcano, you want to introduce next <laughs> <which> category?
0: <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get any better than that transition. Um... <laughs> uh,
1: get a get a dose of that. I think was uh, some of my best work on the website. <laughs>
0: um, uh, we've reached calvin's most contemptible contemptible winner uh which is marcel the shell with shoes on for best animated feature marcel Um, the
1: insel with shoes on but do you think like i like do you think it matters anymore like do you think i i am so indifferent to the movie that it's am i even that
0: mad anymore i mean i'm i have been assuming most of the time that you have (laughs) that it's been kind of just because you found it funny to uh to be so mad about this very innocent movie which is is totally fine to dislike but um <laughs> sure you know crush the shell
1: yeah i've often threatened uh, marcel the shell <laughs> with physical violence and uh i'd like to apologize to dean fleischer camp who probably um deserves the award and did like you know very deliberate work i mean it's hard to animate a thing and uh, especially stop motion is really hard to do so uh the ter-
0: yeah i mean i think i i do like the movie a lot yeah. i think it's a very sweet film and I, I really had quite a response to it when i saw it but it's not necessarily my animated pick um i am uh, in full support of uh, phil Tippett's mad god and the extreme amount of effort it took to make that i just think like um, 30
1: year project you know i mean i'm sure marcel yeah took a year I, I mean i
0: to i think really the the barrier for something like mad god is just ultimately horror yeah and as as try as we might and it's great to see that it was nominated but as much as we can try it's like i think that you take any larger voting body and it's just like horror is not going to get the representation even if even if you try to push for it i think that's really what people maybe miss when they wonder why horror isn't showing up in these things it's like just because less people watch it and when you've got a giant you know body of people that are voting for stuff it's like a lot of people just aren't seeking this stuff out i don't
1: want to be harsh on people yet again <laughs> i feel like I'm, ca- I'm doing a lot of like sub tweeting like the sub podcasting version of sub tweeting here <laughs> where i'm like a- i think people probably have watched the nominees for animation and probably haven't seen other things this year i don't know if people like sought out inuo or like they like went and like experience anything beyond like del toro's pinocchio or you know like um i don't want to like call people out it's just like i i think like the very narrow frame of animation that people see is usually family oriented and it's the people with children who end up kind of deciding the category
0: yeah no that's very true i mean i I do even think that even though i i like to at least consider that i am seeking out more animation like i don't even feel like i saw that much outside of our, our nominees this year but and, like, even you, you've you been mentioning Inuo a lot, which is totally a movie that I'm sure deserves it, but there was also, like, such an access thing there. It yeah. played at SIF, and I don't know if it... I think it had a very, very brief theatrical run here um, for maybe less than a week and probably very limited theaters. And, and it, like, changed we name? didn't get a screener or anything for it. I think it changed um, name in between when I saw it. And I don't. Yeah, know. that makes it hard. Oh. But, yeah, it's like it's such a bummer because that, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just like access. It's like, maybe that had, maybe that would end up being, you know, our winner if there had been a bigger push and we'd gotten screeners and there had been more buzz around it, but
2: oh well.
1: Yeah. And I always wonder if like a, like an animation studio should win animation or if it's like, I don't know. Like also like del Toro's Pinocchio is like animated in Portland. I'm like, should that matter? Like uh, maybe like that's something (laughs) we could have done. Uh, to highlight like the yeah the huge movement in portland with wendell and wild and pinocchio both being animated right. like in the same neighborhood uh but also wildwood next year which is a film about portland animated in portland from uh the uh songwriter Decemberus, who's a portland artist Um, uh, that's got to be like yeah a i'm sure that'll category i would i would i would
0: think so i think that'll get a, a big push this year i would think um but you know, you talk about Marcel, the screenplay with shoes on. And
1: you... Um, uh... well, before <laughs> I saw that film, everything was fine yesterday.
0: <laughs> it's like a double transition. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd just keep going. Okay, yeah, I think double is good enough.
1: I'll, I'll keep chopping my fingers off if we can avoid this any longer.
0: Okay. Uh <laughs> this one's all you I'd okay take it take um, it away i think
1: like the banshees Inisherin is like the most authored film of the year in that like everything has a distinct voice of martin mcdonough and it uh plays both yeah like, wonderfully into like who colin farrell is as an actor who donald gleason is uh, um uh who carrie condon is i was, I was spacing on uh, or uh, barry kagan i i think it like plays so well into like who these people yeah. are and what their voices could possibly be um
0: no, yeah, it's it's I mean it's 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 a brilliant screenplay and it's and it's one of my favorite movies of the year, so I, I am certainly very, very happy with that win. I think my vote um went to Tar, which I think is a, a really great screenplay, but Inisharon is is certainly a phenomenal pick. Tar is so great as a
1: choice because it's what's interrogated in the movie is kind of what's written on the right. page. <laughs> I think that would be possibly I yeah. I'd say more more sophisticated choice, like <laughs> more like a, um, film studies like major choice would be like a right. is how you should write a screenplay and uh, the band of finisher and is how Martin McDonough should
0: um, right yeah I think that yeah but I think sense. it almost ends up being like the same thing like I wonder. Whereas, like, the the cutoff of people who are like, I didn't have time to watch that three-hour movie, which is fair because it's hard to watch a three-hour movie, <laughs> know, especially when there seems like there were so many this year.
1: I'd say Banshees of Insurance like, the one where I thought everyone else at the screening hated the movie. <laughs> uh, maybe I have a bit of, like, the Patriarch Syndrome <laughs> where I thought everyone else hated what I love of... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really thought nobody else was biting on it like people looked visibly annoyed by the movie to me um but then interesting then i kept like trying to like hard sell it, and people were like well i don't think it's as good as in bruges i don't think it's as good as like seven psychopaths i'm like really and then i like kept pushing and it kind of got into a which few which is categories. an interesting
0: it's an interesting way to look at things that i think can ultimately be like kind of I don't want to say like harmful because that's a weird phrasing for it, but it's like it's it's difficult to compare something like that to past work. And I'm like, I would maybe agree that it's not as good as in Bruges, but what does that have to do with anything this year? You know, that's irrelevant. You know, I yeah. I think it's easy to like if we go back to you know something like decision to leave. It's easy to be like, well, it's it doesn't come close to the Handmaiden or you know, Old Boy, anything. but yeah, it's right you know it, it's that's not what it's up against it's not up against his old work it's up against other films from this year so yeah i mean maybe not quite you know so relevant
1: it would be like the other side of the wind isn't as good as citizen kane you'd say well <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> i think uh, uh like citizen kane very few movies are as good as in and i think it doesn't quite matter <laughs> that uh
0: yeah no it's true
1: you know i i think that would be in like my Top 10 movies all time, and it's like this isn't going to be, but that's okay, right? This could be my favorite movie at this year and not be in my top 10. Of yeah, time. exactly. Um, that's possible for it to happen, and I think it's probably happened here. I mean, uh, I, I love this movie so much that I, uh, I, we have a couple more chances to talk about it though, so um,
0: that's true. We have uh, um, plenty of, but uh, we were talking about three hour movies, yeah. And uh, <laughs> best Action Choreography on, Okay, I lost my place I, think <laughs> I was going to make a transition that didn't in make trying trying sense. To, trying to, <laughs> Getting lost in these transitions Lost in transition <laughs> Oh god <laughs> Best Action Choreography RRR um, Which, I, I yeah, I don't think that could have gone any other way um, I think because as as I think we may have discussed or has been discussed um, surrounding this award. But (laughs) I I think it's such a great example of, of this award specifically because it is there, it is action and dance and it is a, it is a movie of choreography. You know, it's all, it's all these things and RR is, is fantastic and so much fun. And I'm glad that we gave it some love, even though we didn't get it into international.
1: And dancing movies keep winning this award in, uh, See Alpha critic Society. Because we keep making like this weird like position like dance is action too. And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, like it's a action that the characters do on the screen, right? Like it's like it's a Right, and I mean
0: I'm fine with that, but I think uh I think when maybe and I I can't speak for anybody else, but if there's like a degree of just like not necessarily being like that action stuff not being as widespread and people just wanting representation for like the stuff they are watching which is like the musicals every year Uh, like i think about in the heights
1: winning last year and i think about how many times that movie has come up this year (laughs) like uh, none i heard nobody watched that movie and west side story came out last year and i think like yeah i hear about that movie like Every couple of weeks, because Fableman's is in the conversation again, and both are very valid. Um, and I like In the Heights yeah. more than Fableman somehow, but I, <laughs> I think it's very strange that. Uh... Okay, so here's my ultimate point: that Triple uh, R okay. has uh, action and dance that are kind of like cohesive, like they they both uh, matter to each other. Yeah, the action and yeah. the dance are not divorced in this movie, whereas it in the Heights, I think they very much are
0: yeah yeah definitely i i totally i i think it's it is good that you know to have a pick that is is both of those things and can really be an exceptional version of both of those things so it captures both
1: voter bases which is people who are going to vote (laughs) for dance movies every year for seattle film greg society and people who actually want like you know like their traditional action movies right like cg tigers
0: and shit that look awesome um so Rajamouli has this uh, has this award cornered if he keeps releasing, you know, huge movies every year. Yeah, I th- I'm surprised it only showed up here honestly. Me too. I am, excuse me. I am as well. I, uh... but I am glad it showed up at all yeah. because I really like this movie. Yeah,
1: we're glad that you played the game. Thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's quite a big movie too. Like it, it's just a a, a large cast of characters. Someone call him ensemble of characters so, are in this movie
0: i don't i don't know if anyone would call rr an ensemble this isn't even a sure transition can... is it that's just saying like oh no, not really it's like it's saying just, something just unrelated.
1: Saying <laughs> unlike this movie uh, <laughs> there's a an
0: ensemble in in other movies the last year <laughs> best best ensemble cast glass onion which i i think is really I mean we obviously had a a full uh, list of nominees for this one but I think Glass Onion was the only one really to me that stood out as like a truly exceptional ensemble.
2: I
1: think it's just so great to like honor like the casting agents here and uh because yeah, we put out Yeah, it's such an
0: important part of it. Because
1: we literally named the people I think that attracted like attention of Ryan Johnson who like retweeted our awards and uh thanked the people who who he yeah. cast with like if we didn't name them we were just like Glass Onion wins ensemble
0: right like right what do
1: you retweet it i doubt it like it's it's important to name these people who never get named
0: yeah i mean that and i think that's such an important that ends up being such an important part of these awards is is recognizing not just the the people in front but everyone around it because uh films are not made by one person And he
1: thanked them said he like worked with them since looper i think which is you know like a um very consistent like amount of like yeah that's so great (laughs) that covers several projects with really great ensembles in them um between looper and now uh yeah i mean just like and more to come getting all these people together (laughs) in this scenario during covid of all things which really fucked with a lot of the ensemble work of the last year you could feel a lot of like covid inflection on amsterdam and death on the nile especially um yeah, it's like the. I thought it was a pretty weak category because I didn't think there were very many ensemble performances. But even in a strong category, I think Glass Onion would win.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's such a great group, and it's such a. I mean, when you look at a movie like this, it's like it's designed as as that ensemble, and that's such so critical to the film itself. So, you could certainly have something else that cat that 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 fits that category really well, but I don't think it would. Uh, hold much of a candle to something like glass onion what was
1: even the runner up like i i can't like even think of what it
0: i mean uh, yeah i mean it's hard to say like voting wise i think the next film that like to me also fits that well would be women talking yeah okay um that's but i i I certainly don't feel uh, nearly as strongly about that film so yeah
1: um well i think like Casting is so important when you uh, cast a woman who talks in a movie, uh, which happens in our next. <laughs> to support category, two men, <laughs> in support of two men, uh, I think uh, uh, Carrie Condon does some really great talking in Banshees of Vanishing. But
0: I, I mean, I will say, and I think, I think you were saying this the other day. I, I would say, like you know, in support of two men, but ends up kind of transcending that and becoming a more a critical part of the movie than even they are. He
1: says it even in his. Golden Globe speech, he says, Thanks to, you know, like these men that I have on the film, like Colin Farrell, Don Gleason, but I think Carrie Condon took over my movie. <laughs> and he's like, Thank you for doing that. Like,
0: yeah, she does. I think so. I think, like,
1: that admission is so important because, like, even the people who I think are kind of naysayers on on this whole Banshees uh, discourse are kind of like, Well, if it were Carrie Condon's movie, it would be a great movie. And the people who like it are like, It is Carrie Condon's movie. <laughs> Um, it's just whether or not you I, it really that. is.
0: I I think, I mean, I think you can talk about it being, you know, Colin Brendan's movie, but you remove her from it, and I think so much of it doesn't work in nearly the same way that it does. I think all of that character and and everything that she goes through and deals with is so critical to the ultimate outcome of it. Um, just doesn't work the same without that performance. And.
1: I feel like Shaban also just such a, a great character who feels like pulled out of, like, an Irish literary novel or something from the time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she is in kind of a different movie, but still talks like one of uh, McDonough's protagonists. Uh, I, I mean, just... Right. I can't imagine another winner that I could be happier with here. Uh,
0: like, of all yeah, I, mean, I movies,
1: think... I saw this is the best choice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 really happy with with that. I think I I might have gone um, Stephanie Shue over okay. that, but you know, it's these there there was a lot of great nominees in this category. What about so J- JLC, you feel like that would have been a, a good. Uh... No, I'm I'm still a bit perplexed by that <laughs> being a a push. I I mean, not that I have anything against her performance in that film, or you know, I like. Um her as an actress a lot, but like i when I think of her, I don't think of that movie, and when I think of that movie, I don't think of her performance like so it's such a strange thing to me to be trying to push her for that award
1: while people play against her in the movie, I don't think it's because of her that that those moments are great. I think it's the people they're playing against yeah, like her. I mean
0: I and again, she's great but i think she's her performance is i wouldn't say tangential but it's okay. like tertiary in a way where it's not not quite the same thing that uh of the rest of the film you know
1: yeah i'd almost call it a supporting supporting performance that it, <laughs> yeah no certainly uh, that's fine though I, I mean there's a place for that in every movie it's not a shame on jamie lee curtis who i think it was having some bad press about this but uh, it's kind of like wisened up it's kind of like celebrating like the her co-actors now there uh, is there was some like mixed yeah. hard feelings i think early on uh while these nepo babies <laughs> <laughs> magazines were running as well
0: god she... <laughs> yeah she should maybe just stop doing interviews and stuff and i think that's um, where she like so can... realized
1: at the golden globe she should just give like <laughs> stephanie a big hug and like michelle yo just be like i celebrate you yeah this is your moment and that was the right thing to do and that would that Should be the right thing to do in support as well, yeah. No, certainly. Um,
0: um, but in but speaking of everything everywhere all at once, yeah, uh, that's a movie. <laughs> what category are we on? <laughs> <laughs> Best supporting actor, <laughs> 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 Ki Ki <Kwan. laughs> who, uh, I mean, there's nobody else for this, right? I mean, kind of
1: these, <laughs> kind of these big two movies that we kind of got in the last categories are similar and like the supports are so strong and uh you can't really choose around them <clears throat> I, I can't think of other options that would make more sense i guess i could go with banshees She's are too um
0: yeah i think you could but like i i and I, it certainly wouldn't be uh, a wrong pick because i think again this was also a, a really strong category but i think i can't imagine having voted for anybody else for this one I, i think that it's just like everything about it is is such a perfect choice and i think i mean his performance is phenomenal and i think he really is the center of that film um and also like there's such a factor of just him as an actor and his story is is as much of a part of it as uh as anything else yeah
1: and i think like uh, who who do you want to see like on the award circuit like doing speeches right nobody more than him right like who? absolutely yeah. i want the oscar speech most of all this season i think that's the best thing but um
0: i'd be shocked if we didn't get it
1: what do we have after after
0: this <laughs> Nailed it. Um, <laughs> best actress in a leading role, of course, Kate Blanchett in Tar. Um, again, I think a strong category. Um, I think I would have been very happy with either Kate or Michelle. Um, I think it is a strong category. Really but fantastic performances. But again,
1: I think it's a two option category. Um, I, yeah, no, certainly. I, I think so as well. I don't think there's another, like, I don't know the third choice like it doesn't feel like it's relevant that there's a third choice to me it's not relevant Yeah, i'm thinking
0: of i don't remember the uh are there even three nominees or <laughs> who that who those were um, exactly because to me it was just those two but yeah i think that performance um in tar is definitely like all-time stuff i mean yeah. it's just it's such a powerhouse performance it's it's fantastic i mean it
1: sticks with you kate blanchett also just so gracious on like the word circuit it's so nice like she's very much like deferring to michelle Yo now so i think that it's very possible that that she's pushing it over but i think like just out of natural voting i think kate blanchett would probably win um despite like the, the great yeah contribution. i mean i
0: wouldn't be surprised at all yeah definitely uh definitely well deserved um also well-deserved our best actor my favorite performance you, of the you. year um, <laughs> uh, colin farrell in
1: like a role where yeah. he's had well he, let's start with colin farrell this year who has had four different movies <laughs> he was in
0: is it four yeah, really i was thinking three because
1: no, he was in the batman after yang uh 13 lives and oh 13
0: lives and, that's right yeah and good in all of them oh wow <laughs> so like, <laughs> I mean he's just he's just great I love Colin Farrell
1: like I I kind of worried throughout the year that he was in too many because people started supporting like other split, things yeah. like I I thought okay yeah a couple people like after Yang that's probably not a problem but then three or four people were talking about nominating for Batman and I was like oh
0: fuck (laughs) i mean even in even in that movie it's like he's not the performance that nearly stands out to me and we did nominate um paul dano paul dano for for villain i think i I not i don't think he was in uh supporting but um which is a a great performance but yeah I, i don't necessarily think of colin farrell's i mean colin farrell as the penguin to me is more just a really impressive makeup than his performance <laughs> <That's so true>. <laughs> like <laughs> i think he'd be a good in villainous
1: so, but then he again he wouldn't be the first villain i'd choose so right uh there's i mean batman's a good movie um uh, i like the batman <laughs> it is i like i like i like the batman okay series. i forgot um, we were both like on the same ground on batman it's 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 true we
0: are um, very fun but colin farrell and Anna sharon and i think like i i also really love him in after yang and i really love after yang but i think less people saw that and i think that even like the people like me who might be after yang supporters probably saw in a sharing and were like well this is the this is the colin farrell movie for this year I so think this is
1: why you need to make a push next year because like that could have made it like instead of like cha-cha real smooth there's something into like the the best picture uh, <laughs> yeah
0: no i i've learned a lot from my first year and in- things will be different in the future There you
1: go i i would only nominate uh colin farrell here. Um, out of those yeah, four movies I think so. the choice and again i like think I'm, I'm like yeah it's by far my favorite performance of the year but but then again i'm like uh you can't quite compare it with a history because in bruges might be one of my favorite performances of all time too and
0: yeah no i mean i i would yeah say the same thing but it's you're just looking at just looking at this one and and it is it is a hell of a performance.
1: I'd I'd say like uh, the two performances of the year are uh, Nathan Fielder in the rehearsal and
0: uh, um Oh man. Yeah, if we were uh, if we had television awards, which I'm glad we don't because I don't want to be forced to watch television, but well the, the second <laughs> one
1: would be Steven in the rehearsal podcast. But the third one would be Colin <laughs> Carol in uh Avanti's <laughs> finisher. Oh
0: man. Um Um so i mean we've got two left which is our the the big two um which i mean basically is i'll, I'll just i mean it, it can be lumped together yeah it should be um these are the two that we we didn't have a chance to talk about in advance so i guess before we say the winners do you kind of want to just even very briefly talk about like what your picks kind of were going into the
1: best director and best picture I really wanted Charlotte Wells for director. I thought it was such an extraordinary yeah, thing. Um, and I understand how we got to where we did, except I think that Wells just as far... Well, uh, also first-time director, maybe, like, that moment's still coming. So I, I can't like, put all my eggs in that basket being like, we may have made the wrong choice, because right. I think...
0: Yeah, um... I mean, it's such a confident and incredible debut it's like that can o- i to me it can only go up from there which almost seems impossible mm-hmm. but it's like you're you start that strong you've got there's you've got something in there there's no reason um, she yeah, shouldn't it doesn't it doesn't yeah, happen by accident there's no reason she shouldn't have the
1: career of claire denis at least i don't like i don't see it. or a kelly right. reichardt yeah. possibly um and that's so exciting like that's the most exciting thing i could possibly say is she might have like something between kelly reichardt and Claire Denis, career-wise.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, certainly my pick as well, Charlotte Wells, um, for After Sun. But yeah, I think just such a such a promising director, and there has to be so much more exciting stuff coming from her. Um, I think also for this category, um, I had Todd Field up there um, okay. for Tar because I think that's such a well directed movie. Again, another um, like film school then,
1: choice where like you could say it's interrogative of what he's actually making, right? Um, so that's the um, most important. Uh, yeah, I mean, distinction is that Todd Field is making a movie about Todd Field, and that's good.
0: And then I would say my my less popular pick would be um, Jafar Panahi for No Bears, okay. which nobody saw it. Just because you. I think. Yeah, I think that really is is what it comes down to. And I think that it's also just like maybe, especially in um, our circles, there is less of a, because I know there were other um, critic societies around the country that were really big fans of no bears, but maybe we're just, you know, that's not, uh, not the niche around here, which is totally fine. But I think that it's just, it constantly amazes me what he is able to accomplish when he's not, even allowed to to make films at all so yeah (laughs) pretty incredible to like have to be creating such coherent and and pointed and fascinating and really brilliant films um within that i feel like
1: it's hard on several levels of like access and his son making a film that i felt like was prominent uh, among enough of us that it could have split a vote yeah like more of us saw hit the road and liked it than saw no bear in general and that's problematic for that choice but also right, and yeah. of course not choosing it politically and that yeah exactly that does not help that it didn't make the oscars at all like uh if your country puts up world war three was the name of the film they put up and nobody has seen that yeah,
0: it's so weird um, definitely not yeah it's it's it implies that it's tough nobody enough. should it, it... see
1: this film because this film nobody saw is above it somehow and that makes me angry
0: <laughs> yeah definitely it's it comes down i think a lot to i mean we've said it before but it is just distribution because like we look last year there was um i guess it technically well i was thinking 2021 because i think 2021 is when i was eligible but then um released in 2022 but anyway like um for how he's um, a hero which like was a an Amazon film, so like that came out and people were able to watch it and people did watch it. But when you don't have a big distributor behind this stuff, it's like people just unless they are actively um, fans of cinema from Iran or fans of these directors, it's like I think that stuff just doesn't show up on a lot of people's radars.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I do think there's something to it because I didn't see it, but I was also like in the business of like trying to promote his son's film.
0: Right. <laughs> be hard for me to balance which is both. totally fair um, i mean they're both in my in my top 10 so i just was a big fan of both of them but no
1: bears definitely want to get to outside of an award season so it looks great uh, it is great yeah um how about best film well, i mean i think we best both know picture. <laughs> we've talked about all these categories i think we have an idea of what we both like in some way
0: yeah, I, I mean, certainly, I, I, my number one was was a very easy After Sun um, for this category, and I, I think going into it, I actually, I, I mean, we said it earlier, but like, I really did expect, um, I expected more from After Sun. I, I thought that After Sun was going to be our winner.
1: Oh really? Okay. I did. I, I, I thought oh, that best film.
0: Thought that going into it, but yeah, okay. yeah.
1: I thought that it had to be. Well, somehow I thought Fablemans would get more play in the whole awards. I'm surprised (laughs) he got nothing, I guess. But but also not, because I don't feel like our audience loved it as much as some of our friends. Right. Like, it's just fine. Like, like our friends that like it are kind of (laughs) like, also like, yeah, 7 out of 10, it's a great movie that should win these awards. And I'm like, well, that's never enough for (laughs) anything. Um so I thought Fablemans might have more of an Oscar chance. I thought that might play with us somehow. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was basically Banshees or Everything Everywhere All at Once or Fablemans. And only two of those ended up being true.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, of course, um, you've been such a huge supporter of Banshees. So it's not surprising. And I would—I mean, I would have been happy with that as our as our pick as well. Yeah, um, i went bad i went banshee's I mean, after son then everything everywhere so yeah i mean we haven't actually said but in case it wasn't clear um best director went to daniel's uh daniel kwan and daniel Scheinert, and best picture went to everything everywhere all at once which of course um again like i don't want to say that i don't like these picks at all because i think that everything everywhere all at once is a phenomenal phenomenal film it is brilliantly directed but I just was so fond of After Sun, and really wanted to support that to the best of my ability. My
1: favorite like movie after the movie moment was when we both walked out of everything, and we all at once and like, turned to each other, and we like, "That's probably a ten out of 10. Like we were like,
0: I was like trying, yeah, to figure it was such an easy score, like,
1: and it felt so good. Yeah, it's such right a.
0: Question. I think that's yeah, I think that's really going to like stick with me as like a movie that I saw before it just like it became the biggest thing ever (laughs) and before it ended up at number one on letterboxd and before it was like so talked about before it ended up you know now being like this huge front runner for all this award stuff and it's like you come out of something like that and you just have no idea where it's gonna go be go for everybody else and i think especially like i walked out of that thinking like it's so indebted to all of this other cinema that I didn't know if it was going to resonate in the same way with other audiences. And then it just exploded and everybody loves it, which is fantastic. But yeah, I
1: was beginning to like, you never know my bets for a nine. It's kind of scary. Like getting out of a movie and wanting to be like the first person to give it a 10 in some way. But, <laughs> right. Like, the opportunity <laughs> to be one of the first people to review the movie and then um, yeah, getting recognition on Letterboxd somehow for that being in like their oh, year. Oh yeah, that's review. true. Yeah. uh which is nice. Cause it was like a memory that we had together. And then something that's like tied there now, like for their history, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that page exists next year. Like maybe they wipe it every year for a new year in review. But uh, for me, I'll always I have that. think you that. Can go back through
0: them, but yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a great thing to have.
1: Like, I, I'm like, uh, i like, well, I always wanted to be on there, right? I didn't know what it would be for. I thought maybe like Banshees, if, if, I would have chosen something. Uh,
0: yeah, that's always like it's such a weird thing. You always want like your favorite movie, the stuff that you're the most fond of, right, to end up being like the one that gets the most popular. But it's like my most popular review is <laughs> Thor four, and I'm like, that's fine. I like that movie, but it's not like the review I would have chosen to explode if I uh, if I had a choice. But
1: mine for the first two years of using Letterbox was the John Travolta movie, The Fanatic. The Fred Durst directed oh
2: movie.
0: <laughs> it's at least nice when you can get stuff that's not just like a joke review, you know, like in your, in your most it liked or whatever. There. Or something really, really short, yeah. I, I don't have like
1: any, I think, like... I mean, maybe my stuff has more like momentum now than it did back then, but... Okay, yeah, my third most popular is Banshee's been, of Innish and so at least there's one I really care about. Um, Mad God's my fifth i guess there's there's a few things i really care about um so
0: yeah but my that's good my number two is is the matrix Resurrections, which is a review i'm really happy with and a movie i like a lot so like i'm not not mad yeah about that at all
2: well
1: i feel like everything everywhere all at once i think we both agree is just a, a great choice for like our membership and probably what we all were passionate about this year
0: yeah it's i mean certainly it's such a great pick i even though it's like a, there's a, a bit of disappointment because i really was hoping for after some like i i really like i'm still thrilled because it is such a great one and it certainly deserves it very very well deserving
1: i feel like we may as well have given it like our site award like when we did our top 10 i think after some like it wasn't on our initial list and and i tried to like get people to sacrifice things for it and they were like well we haven't really seen it yet and i was like (laughs) trying to get you to watch it for what six or seven episodes of the show (laughs) and like uh i i think like once other people got to it and i was able to come back and like raise it to a 10 i think yeah i think at that moment it had to be our favorite film of the year site-wise right uh i mean there was no other option that that we i mean it could be everything everywhere or after sun
0: right yeah but i think like i was i was so happy with our um with our site top 10 because i think it was so representative of us you know as our own little community and it wouldn't be as fun if it was just kind of if it expanded out and it felt the same as as what everyone else's list looked like so i'm glad it ended up being a little bit more uh specific to us because
1: we published this list and we have so many reviews and things that you know we have we have the right. so options to promote like the, the big movies too and just play into the machine but we don't always have to do that uh, i no of course not i yeah. think the i think it's the third that we've named film of the year so we've had the lighthouse the other side of the wind and i would say after Sun was kind of it uh, <laughs> i don't think we like formally said that but i'd say that that would be the one
0: right uh, yeah i think so too i think uh for like the at least editor wise i think that would be uh our our pick across the board
1: i just think those three speak so much to like what, what we really like and and value yeah no for sure interesting uh
0: i think that's i mean that's the great thing about like being able to curate our own community and have our you know close knit group of, of editors and contributors and stuff is that we have ended up with a site that's very representative of what we're passionate about and that's uh that's what it should be because I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't be having as much fun doing this stuff if it was just uh very focused on all the biggest releases and you know marvel centric or whatever so <laughs> you can get really
1: drawn <laughs> into that when you get like all the invites and everything and like that's just what's yeah. been out and yeah, I mean, you have to make an effort to like pull away and do your own thing, but when you do, it's so rewarding. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I I always try to do less of that than I've been doing. I, like every year, I I feel like I should do less, but, <clears throat> but then back in my mind, I'm like, I should be the one who reviews Ant Man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, so you, you always do think that, and then you get caught up, and you're like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> I really want this." Yeah,
1: I, I mean, it's fun to have too, like to be one of the first people to get yeah. to say something about something that will be so over talked about, like Marvel or everything everywhere right. all at once, which is like the most reviewed movie of the last year. Uh, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> mean, it's it's why my my Thor review was one of the most liked is because we uh, we saw it at that advanced screening, so you know. You get it out early it's important
1: well uh yeah we have uh plenty of great upcoming movies like 80 for brady and cocaine bear uh,
0: <laughs> 80 for brady oh boy <laughs> um i think you missed the the screening for that Oh, i did didn't there.
1: i well uh, i mean tom brady also awesome, is it he he like went on the playoffs against like a backup quarterback but that's fine i mean maybe uh leave your family for football so you could lose in the first round of playoffs that's <laughs> good stuff
0: like, i don't i don't have any football takes i can't offer anything for this conversation um, i only know about hockey but this is a movie so... podcast so <laughs> um i mean i think that about wraps it up for our for our discussion on on 2022 awards and the. Well, this show's a little late but i'm glad that we could do it now and kind of talk through uh, our winners and do it this way i think this is a was a good way to i do think it. it
1: was so much fun i'd probably do it late again next year i'd probably take the break and maybe do the <laughs> same thing um and come up with yeah, more transitions I mean,
2: it, um,
0: that was an important outcome of this for sure it was our transition game speaking Let's of it
1: transitions up. it's another year and there are, there are more movies out and we're going to watch them um And we're going to do an award (laughs) show next year.
0: Uh, uh, Vaughn, what do you think
1: will be, like, award relevant to you next year? That was a great transition.
0: (laughs) It's tough to say. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff, and it's like there's... I think it's really hard to categorize, like, what's going to end up in that award space because I think so much of the time, like, I don't even... Stuff isn't on my radar that much in advance, you know? I don't think I really had any sense of everything everywhere all at once or what it was going to be Mm. um at the beginning of last year i certainly knew nothing about after sun even until late last year so i think it's like i can put together any sort of list but i think it's it always ends up being the stuff that i didn't know anything about and that i wasn't expecting Mm. um i mean I'll, I'll throw out we've got a miyazaki movie this year so that's almost yeah. certainly going to be uh an animated feature contender and i would be shocked if it wasn't the winner but it's a little so maybe a little early to say that we'll see what else comes out Hey, okay, i'm
1: year. gonna be more definitive i'm gonna rank my top three movies so 2023 <laughs> uh, in first place uh, uh this will obviously be reflected next year too when we do the show um showing up <sighs> Uh, the new Kelly Reichert movie will be in my top three movies, very clearly. Okay, I
0: mean, I think that's probably a pretty good claim for you to make.
1: And uh, based on my love for Bait and Stephen's review for Inye's Men, Maine, yeah, like Gucci Maine, that's right. Inye's uh, <laughs> Eny's Maine, yeah, very
0: excited for that. <laughs> uh, a- anus? A- a- anus Anus, I don't think it's that. Anus <laughs> Maine, Anus
1: Maine, Anus Maine. <laughs> <laughs> men
0: the sequel to men well take your pick out of one of these one of them is right or a combination of one One of 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 these these. is probably (laughs) a combination is probably more (laughs) right than anything i said and
1: that will be in my top three and i'll learn how to pronounce it in the next year uh then how to blow up an oil pipeline will be my third favorite film of 2020 oh yeah
0: i'm i'm very excited for that one i'm gonna place all of my bets on linklater's hitman it will be my number one film. I refuse to doubt him after Apollo 10 and a half, even though I hated it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> It will change nothing. He will make a masterpiece this year. Uh, I mean, what about Gran Turismo? Is that... that's?
1: Uh, I mean, it's probably like top three bits that you're I have going to, to for in the next year. Is just talking about uh, that every definitely.
0: I have to. I have to really build that up for myself, and then I'll five stars right out the gate whenever that comes out, but... Right now, I'm I have to rev up the engine or whatever, right? Like yeah, car things, <laughs> car things.
1: <laughs> yeah, just do. Car I haven't things. turned
0: the I haven't turned the keys yet. And uh, when we, I don't know. <laughs> turn the car throttle. <laughs> shift the car. I have throttle to shift into shift shift into five stars or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> shift out of
1: automatic into five stars. Uh, um,
0: I think this. I will. I will say. That I think this might be a, a fun year for our, um for action choreography maybe we'll actually get some action focused stuff we do have john wick for this year mm-hmm. and we've also got supposedly at least um a new film from gareth evans the guy who we did uh, the raid movies he's supposed to have a movie called havoc coming out this year
1: Maybe um, maybe shin also Kamen Rider also
0: yeah shin common writer and then maybe also um timo shijanto's last train to new york this year wow um, could be uh could be a contender so lots of options potentially
1: yeah there's several other could be a
0: good, good good year for action
1: barbie could be like everyone's like most populous like top of the list film it's like, true it could be I, I don't see how it like it i don't see an option where it couldn't couldn't be that right like i don't barbie is gonna I think be so too. like yeah it seems like out of 10 it has for to be everyone, right? yeah. at least. It's... <laughs> i'd be shocked if barbie comes out and people are like four out of ten no
0: It doesn't seem... I think, yeah, people seem too excited for it, for, like, for it to not, uh, for it to have a bad outcome.
1: Well, um... Just, like, (laughs) Life in Plastic,
0: this has been fantastic. Thank you, (laughs) Vaughn. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> this has been fantastic it's uh <laughs> it's been it's been great to go through these oh, awards with you and it's been very helpful to the process i think and hopefully uh the listeners have enjoyed going through the process but i'm gonna start
1: writing my transitions for next year now and uh
2: I'll, I'll see okay you back perfect done, uh, next
0: year. <laughs> all right we will uh see you all next year thanks for listening